it is one of those paradoxes of Indian military history that campaigns in which we did poorly, as in 1962 against the Chinese, or where we got stalled, as in 1965 against Pakistan, these campaigns are better documented than the clear victory in 1971. The 1971 campaign was codenamed Operation Cactus Lily. I am not sure if the obvious logic would explain it. Tough offensive in the East and a delicate holding posture in the Western sector. But writing is insufficient on both the sectors for 1971. Possibly, it is because the pain of military disappointment inspires more creative introspection as the rich literature on the 1962 shows or the officers brought up in the old British system also inherited its literary tradition. We don't know. Our biggest lack on 1971 is a Sam Manikshaw memoir and that film, I'm afraid, does not do any justice to him or, or to the history of the war. So he never wrote a memoir, which is a disappointment. Lieutenant General Jigjit Singh Arora, who led the Bangladesh campaign as GOC in C Eastern Command, to chose not to start writing until Operation Blue Star and the later massacres of six in 1984 in Delhi and elsewhere. These brought him into public debate. He wrote some articles and also a chapter in a contributory volume published by Roly Books in 1984, The Punjab Story, in which I had a contribution too. I also contributed a chapter there. Air Chief Marshal P.C. Lal wrote a brilliantly honest account of the air campaign in 1971. Much later, PVS Jagan Mohan and Samir Chopra, world-class air combat historians, closed the loop with a beautifully documented and non-partisan work on the eastern sector, not on the entire air war, only air war in the eastern sector. But on the land campaign, the senior most military leader to Wayne was Lieutenant General J.F.R. Jacob, who served in 1971 in the rank of Major General as Chief of Staff Eastern Command or Deputy to GOC. Lieutenant General Aurora. As usually happens in such cases, these works, Surrender at Dhaka and An Odyssey in War and Peace, that's his, that's his book, these works suffer from an imperfection. They represent one man's view of the story with nothing of equal or greater weight to challenge it. Jacobs or Jakes, as he insisted his friends, even I, 35 years younger than him, call him he has been widely read and admired by friends, but it was also panned by many others, including respected columnist, respected columnist on, mil on military affairs, Ajay Shukla. Even as, as a Jake fan, I have to concede that his account makes Manikshaw seem like an absentee landlord and Aurora as soft and passive, if not a wimp. But if none of them challenged him, he wasn't going to be denied his last word. They had the option of writing their own accounts as well, which they didn't, which they chose not to exercise. General Jacob or Jake was a clean writer, had a great memory and was widely respected and trusted. As I got to know him better through the years, there was rarely a conversation that lasted less than a couple of hours, whether in his tiny flat in New Delhi's Somvihar, Punjab's Rajbhaman where he was governor or our home which he visited often. He regaled us with stories from Arakan in World War II, Arakan in Myanmar to Tejgaon as Dhaka cantonment was called. He did pour scorn on all his seniors, for sure. But he also complained that the government of India never gave him any honor. No bloody honor. No bloody chakra. No bloody padma, he would often say. All that bloody, in fact, in my written version, there are three O's or four O's for that bloody, just for emphasis. That's how he spoke, because he was so, he was so upset about this. 
maybe maybe that regret spoke out in his writings that's why it was such a special moment for him when his when his book got published that's why it was also it was also so su- such a good conversation when i recorded a walk the talk with him in new delhi's somvihar it was probably his last full length interview but he had only gratitude and affection for the army i told you he often quotes corn on his seniors but he had only gratitude and affection for the army he had no family in india jake never married and it was a handful of army soldiers who were seconded to look after him we met first time in 1991 after i visited israel under scud attacks then while covering the 1991 gulf war he was a great supporter of india israel relations we met more often once he joined the bharatiya janata party on the late Manohar Lal Sondhi's advice and became a favorite of L K Advani. In one of those conversations, I once asked him why he had joined the BJP and not any other party. Hey boy, he said. Hey boy, they were the only ones who asked me. We were in splits. He was such an such, such an innocent, honest guy. He loved Israel too, but he fully belonged to India. He supported Israel on most of its policies but never said one rude thing about Muslims expressing great affection for Indian Muslims Israelis hailed him in their national museum as one of the greatest Jewish warriors in history Jake let that sit lightly on his shoulders and often reminded his friends that nobody in India was conscious of his Jewish identity until Radio Pakistan in its war propaganda insinuated that India had picked a Jewish general specially to negotiate the surrender to humiliate the islamic world the most remarkable feature of jake's life is how he resisted migrating to the promised land israel as most of india's native jewish population did leaving india with just just over 6000 jews or maybe at this point even fewer than that they are india's most microscopic minority now his promised land was india and he was its finest most loved permanent envoy to israel as i traveled to chandigarh often we met frequently when he was in the rajbhavan there garrulous as ever and proactive as titular governors usually are but he was too sincere and lovable a figure for even the badal government to resent he had us friends in splits with hilarious stories about cloud senior and cloud junior that is prakash singh badal cloud senior and sun sukhbir badal cloud junior as he called them if you haven't guessed already it was at one of those meetings that he fretted over the absence of a war memorial in india i said to him find us a spot and we will raise the resources to build a fine war memorial here in chandigarh he was game okay boy he said we will build one more shandar yadgar the rest of the story is brief the indian express appealed to its readers and raised the funds jake gave us a great spot in the city's green lung leisure valley and the pwd the chandigarh pwd built india's finest war memorial until the one in delhi came up india's finest war memorial until then there in chandigarh in the heart of chandigarh it was also jake's great insight that he said don't let the pwd design it or the richard fellows will ruin it make it like one of their sarkari buildings he said we conspired we thought so how do we get an architect will we call bids what will then happen it, it was a government system we conspired to announce a competition for architects pro bono and it was won by two young women students at the local school of architecture at the chandigarh school of architecture do check out their brilliant creation on your next visit to chandigarh it was inaugurated by then president apj abdul kalam 
In my last meeting with General Jacob in 2012, he presented me a copy of his second book. I gratefully handed him my pen to write something on the book, which he did and then gave an admiring look at the pen. Hey boy, you use a Mont Blanc fountain pen, he said. I used to have one. My brother borrowed it, but the silly fellow lost it. I said, no worries, Jake. I will bring you one for my next visit overseas. I didn't travel overseas for some time and sure enough got a reminder from him on email in his characteristic large-sized capital letters. I did finally buy him one, a, a Mont Blanc fountain pen of the kind I use at the tiny Harrods outlet at Heathrow duty free on my way back once and sent it to his home shopping back and all. He was thrilled as a baby would be with a new rattle. Wrote me an excited mail, again in all capitals, all large capitals, and then called, Boy, you shop at Harrods. I did that also when I was younger. The truth in my book, however, is that Jake never aged, never grew up and never faded either. That's why he remains among the greatest Indians I am blessed to have known as a journalist. <laughs>